Hello, my love, and welcome back to the Nikki Tastic podcast, where we learn from legendary people, truly brilliant minds, and some exceptional healers on how to create a fantastic life for yourself. I'm Dr. Nikki, and together we are going to explore ancient wisdoms to latest technologies on how to optimize your system and get you feeling lit up every day. Are you ready to live a fantastic life? Let's get started. billionaire. (laughs) It's crazy to even think about. For five years, I flew around to three $25 million mansions on a $50 million jet. Unbelievable. My day started off with someone calling at 9am asking me what I'd like for the day. And it could be anything from a grocery list, which is what it usually was, to the latest iPad. Whatever I wanted was delivered to the house in the next hour. It was fantastic. I traveled around the world. I went palace hopping through India with my mother. We stayed in the queen's bedroom in each palace. I mean, money can certainly buy a lot of happiness. Yes, no question. And it comes with some strings. So in one regard, you get a lot of freedom and it's lovely and you get this high quality life. But on the other side, if that's what's defining you, you lose your freedom. If you become validated and feel a sense of self-approval by how much your purse is or how expensive your outfit is or where you're staying the night, if you're not in the presidential suite, you kind of get, you know, bitchy (laughs) as I'll share on this podcast, you lose your happiness You actually become less happy when you get so attached to the finer things and you lose the ability to see the joy in the little things. And so I'm going to share with you on this podcast a lot of lessons that I learned from from my ex in particular. He operated in a really unique, special way. And also from just my own personal transformation and realizing what where I was placing the importance and instead of placing it on having money, placing it on now having happiness. And I will tell you that you can be miserable in a $25 million mansion and you can laugh your ass off with your best friend sitting in a dumpster, (laughs) right? You can absolutely choose happiness right now in this moment as you are. It starts with gratitude for what you already have. That's one way. But that's still looking outside. Happiness really lies within. How are you happy with yourself, with who you are, and how much you love, and how much you are in service and want to help and raise humanity up in any way that you can in your unique way? That's what this podcast is really about. It's how do you get rid of all of the limiting beliefs, everything that's holding you back, realize your unique set of talents, and then align them with serving the greater good. And I will tell you that is where the juice of of life lives. That is where and when you will step into flow with such effortless grace because 
your life becomes easy when you start co-collaborating with the universe and the universe wants to co-collaborate with you. If you are in alignment with serving the greater good, the universe can't help itself but help you thrive. All of the money, the, the events, the people, all of it will flow into your life with effortless ease and you'll be doing something that you absolutely love because your unique set of talents are easy for you to do. They're what you're naturally good at. So it's such a pleasure and so much fun. But it starts with realizing what's really important to you. And if all your attention right now is on making money, I will tell you from experience that it, that isn't a guarantee for satisfaction and happiness. And that if you placed all of your attention on service and on loving as much as you possibly can while you're here on this planet and sharing your love in however form you see that's appropriate for the raising the greater good, that is where happiness and true fulfillment and an incredibly fantastic life lives. So I'm going to share with you the lessons I learned from him and from my journey. I recorded this at 6 a.m. one morning. I just woke up and I was like, the time has come. And so forgive the audio. It's a little different, but um, it's, it's raw. It's real. <laughs> All right. I think you'll enjoy it. It's lots of fun. And here we go. There were so many bits of joy and ease and grace. Like I had massages, I had uh, trainers, I could play tennis. And we had a private instructor that came to the house and we played tennis on the tennis court. Every room in the home in Bermuda had a view of the ocean. It was just gorgeous. The, the Swiss chalet in Jackson Hole was a four-story, stunning home on 120 acres. He had a 190-foot yacht with a crew of 13 standing there all in uniform with some ice-cold, wet towels as you boarded. It was, <laughs> it was an incredible life, and there were bits that were very lonely, and there were parts where I, I felt like I was standing there with my hand out, and I hated it. I never knew if I was spending too much and maybe I was going to get in trouble. I basically wasn't even seen. I could have walked through the house naked during the day and barely gotten a glance. He was so focused on his work and drilling oil and, and dealing with lawsuits. And I didn't essentially didn't exist until 8 PM. You know, once we like got to dinner, and then got in bed, not that it was sexual, but it was like, he didn't have the bandwidth to give me any attention. And I'm an only child Aries. <laughs> I need attention <laughs> and affection. Um, such a sweet, he was a loving man once you're on in his inner circle. He kept everyone else afar. I learned a lot from him, actually. Um, shrewd businessman. He would shred people apart. Your company is basically worth nothing, is what he would tell them. And he'd explain why. And then he'd buy them for pennies on the dollar kind of thing. And then, of course, make money. Um, but 
one thing I learned from him, one of many, is that he would stick to what he knew. And he knew oil and he knew banking. That's it. He didn't invest in anything other than what he knew. And I saw him, I love this actually, I saw him ask each person on his advisory board what they would do in that specific situation, how they would handle it, what would be their response and their solution. And he'd go around and have a phone call with each one of the advisors and ask them what they would do in that situation. And he'd ask the accountant and the attorney and the insurance person, like he'd go around all the different figures and then he'd make his decision. He would never share what he thought. He very rare to get him talking. You had to ask him specific questions or else he sat there in silence and just observed. It was fascinating. He kept his cards very close to his chest. And he actually enjoyed, I know he enjoyed the power by keeping others below him. Uh, like the staff in the house, for example, we had nine staff in the house of Bermuda. He wouldn't even eye, got eye contact with them half the time when they're coming through the house. And meanwhile, I'm there like, hi, good morning, you know, like giving them hugs. And he's like, we do not associate with staff. I was like, well, well, I see people and I want to hug them. <laughs> right? Like, you're not turning me into a bitch. We actually had this whole conversation. I'm like, no, I'm the... I, I associate with people. I don't care if they are your employees or not. They're they're human beings that I want to love on. So that's one thing I will share. Uh, being at the top, that's kind of an interesting way of saying it. Uh, having a significant amount of affluence or money isolates you. It can. Let's put it that way. It can. I watched him not know who to trust because it from the outside it starts to seem like everyone's there just because they want something from you and so he had a very small inner circle of friends and there were a few from his childhood and for the most part his employees that have been with him for 20 plus years and that's it I introduced him to a few people on Bermuda that he could trust and that love him. And so now he's, he's grown his influence a little bit or influence his circle in, in Bermuda. But no, he was isolated. It, it's a, it was a fascinating thing to watch. You become, I became, excuse me. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I became, I, I became too good. I actually lost two of my closest friends while I was with him. Because I became too good for the Radisson. And I'll explain it this way. So that you can have some compassion. I know this is going to sound kind of funny. But you can have compassion for the uh, wealthy when they seem really entitled and you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> Here's why. <clears throat> we would stay in presidential suites. $2,500 plus a night up to $10,000 a night, we would stay in these gorgeous, full-size, beautiful, luxury apartments in these gorgeous five-star hotels. And <clears throat> so when I would travel and go be with my friends, 
and if I wasn't picking the hotel, they'd pick like, you know, the Radisson or something like that. I, I, I didn't want to stay there anymore. I became too good. It was gross. I, not gross, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, you get accustomed to such high level of quality and high level of service. I was treated with white gloves everywhere we went. Everywhere. Instant menus, instant service, like, and I was known Bermuda's a small little island, right? So I was kind of like the wealthiest woman on Bermuda. And very quickly, if I walked into a boutique, everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> like full service because they knew everything I wanted I was going to buy. Uh, and so to then go to a restaurant with my friends and not get the menu for 20 minutes or to get served something cold or... I became a bitch. Uh, I, very quickly, I was like, you know, clicking my fingers. Hello, we're here. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and it's interesting. It's a phenomenon that you have to become very hyper aware and conscious not to allow as you get wealthy, as you grow in your financial wealth. Make sure you are staying grounded when it comes to what's important, like the little things, like the butterflies, like the beauty of a tree, like the smell of something incredible, a geranium I love, like a friend and reaching out to really dear friends of yours and not allowing yourself to distance. It, what will happen, you start to distance and then literally you become this little isolated person in a mansion somewhere on a hill in Bermuda. <laughs> it, you become isolated. You can become isolated if you choose so. And you can choose not to as well. And you can choose to keep the trust that people are not just in your life for one thing. And you'll learn who those people are really quickly when you ask them for some help and, and when you're in need and they are not there for you. So, so many lessons when you date a billionaire. Um, one of which is that I actually don't look at a mega yacht with envy anymore. I would much rather be on a smaller little boat with a man that I am laughing my ass off and loving and jumping and hugging and just wanting to kiss him all over. Uh, ooh, that sounded sexual. <laughs> um, yes, part of that was sexual. Uh, but you know, I, I want someone I'm crazy about. That's so much more fun than being on a mega yacht without any affection with someone who is not even present because they're so busy making more money because they're only making $15 million a month off of one business. Like, <laughs> we're in safe parts. Pay attention to me. Like, take some time off. Like, enjoy life. You, you, it, it, there is something that happens when there's a not enoughness that no matter what, there's not enough. So here's my grand finale point on this one. If you are striving for affluence, that's wonderful. The more you make, the more you can give. I am not against money. What I am fighting for is your 
first of all, the joy on the journey. Because I have clients that make $500,000 a year. They've got $15 million in assets that are going to grow exponentially. And they still don't think they've made it. They're still not where they want to be. And yes, it's great to have goals. But if at $500,000 a year, you don't think you're doing well enough yet, <laughs> you need to travel more. Because I will tell you, after exploring 64 countries, I can say with 100% certainty that 6 billion people plus on this planet think you're damn rich if you have $1,000 in the bank. Like you'd be the wealthiest person they've ever met. So let's stop for a moment and really be grateful for what you already have and enjoy the journey. Set your goals. That's great. But enjoy the journey. It is so important. Because otherwise you're going to get to $10 million a year. And you know what? It's not enough because you're not at $100 million a year. It's never going to be enough. It will never be enough until right now is enough. Right now, you can find complete happiness with what you have. If you can do that right now, if you can choose to look around and say, wow, I could be so grateful for all of these things in my life already. That's where true happiness lies. Not once you're making $100 million. If you're saying, I'll be happy when, you're fucked. Because that will never happen. I know it. I've seen it. I've been in it. I had a million dollars in the bank. Didn't think it was enough. My first thought was, wow, I wonder when this is going to run out. I wonder how long this will last. My mindset was in scarcity. And it will always be in scarcity until I choose differently. I'll end with this uh, little story that is a fun little chapter of my life. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> my ex bought me a home in Napa. And shortly after, I found out he was lying about a few things. I'll leave it at that. And... And so I chose to leave. And it was a very hard decision. It's not easy to leave that level of comfort. And by the way, I had wanted that lifestyle. I said, I want a billionaire. Not a millionaire, I wanted a billionaire. I mean, I was straight up, you can call me gold digger, that's totally fine. In my mind, it was, I wanted such a level of freedom. I wanted to be able to jump on a private jet. I wanted to be able to do anything I wanted in this lifetime. That was my goal. It wasn't money in the bank. I just wanted a, I wanted total freedom. I'm a free spirit and I wanted access to the world's finest. And I got it. I got it. And when I was, when I realized, when I got to the end and I realized that it's not enough, I want love. And yes, he loved me, but I wanted affection and, laughter and attention and all the things that a real true partnership bring that like intense level of deep friendship and intimacy and into me you see right I want that was missing so I, I decided to leave and when I did 
I enraged a billionaire. <laughs> he was furious. He was 100% convinced that I had basically convinced him into buying me the house and then had this plan to leave the whole time. <clears throat> and, and so he sued me for $1.2 million. Again, a man that makes $14 million a month off of one of his businesses He's doing $500 million off of his bank alone. Like, he didn't need his $1.2 million back, right? He did not need that. It was 100% out of vindiction. And so I did what the only thing I could think of to do was to run. <laughs> I thought if I left the country, he couldn't serve me. And so I sold the house in Napa. I bought a loft in Miami because it's a homestead. It's 100% homestead. So half the money went to this. I lost the money. lost a lot of money in, in Napa, $150,000 actually, because I'd sell the house quick. And I invested part of that in the home in Napa, in Miami. And I went on a three month trip uh, to Asia, Southeast Asia. I started traveling around the, in Southeast Asia with Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Japan and Bali. Incredible trip. Learned so much. Travel alone, by the way. Key point as well on this. Travel alone. <laughs> you learn so much. And you grow. And your confidence skyrockets. So I'm in Asia and I call this, um, I find out somehow that I've actually been served. And, and I, um, I call this, high-end attorney and Jewish guy from New York and he goes yeah sunshine you can get served by publication so basically he put in the in the Napa news that he was serving me and that's it voila served by publication I was like oh I didn't I didn't know you could do that <laughs> he's like you need to stop frolicking around and gallivanting around the world and get your ass back here and take care of your business I was like Oh, okay. Um, he's like, I have clients like this. It's not about the money. He will sue you, and if you win, he will appeal. It's all about draining every last dollar out of you so that you don't win, ultimately. And he will suck you dry. And I was like, oh, my whole world dropped. I don't know if you ever had that sensation where, like, Every ounce of you, just like, it, it almost feels like you're a puddle on the floor. I hung up that phone and I wept. Like, bald. <sighs> you know, like that full on, like, <laughs> that, like, hard. Thank God I was alone in Bali. <laughs> and about five minutes into my weeping, I hear this little voice. And it says, fuck it. Let him take it all. He can't take your spirit. Let him take it all. He cannot take your spirit. And it was like I rose out of darkness. It, it was such a powerful message. I just, I swear, it was like some angel was talking to me it, in a loud voice saying, it's not the end of the world. It's just money. What he can never take 
what you have inside. And it was like, all of a sudden, I pulled out my two hands with like an Uzi in each hand, and I just went, like, I was ready to fire. I came out blazing. I hired two pit bulls in LA. They were incredible young attorneys. What go-getters. They end up fighting tooth and nail. They nailed his Jones Day attorneys for doing all sorts of shit they shouldn't have done. Dispositioned my mom incorrectly. and Oh, they just nailed him. Basically, long story short, as the court said, if you keep fighting this, we will rule in her favor. And so I won. He backed off. He backed down. He let go of the case. And then I got my attorneys to fight a little bit more. And we got their Jones Day attorneys paid for my attorneys. So boom. Like that, scotch-free, I was out. Oh, like unbelievable, unbelievable experience. So lessons of the day. Number one, don't piss off a billionaire. (laughs) Number two, fight for what's right. I was with him for five years. I took care of him like a baby. I helped him through a really tough time. He was being sued by the British and Dutch government for money laundering through his bank. He clearly, I don't believe that he actually was at fault for this. He had clients money laundering and they were coming out of banks from England. I mean, so the banks that were claiming he was doing the money laundering, they were his their clients as well. So it's a, a little ridiculous of a court case, but needless to say, it cost him millions and he lost the bank. So tough times I got him through. I I did redecorated his whole house. I did a complete facelift to his cottage. I mean, I was there for him in so many ways. I reorganized the whole house staff. Like I was the house manager. I did guest relations. I mean, I did all of our travel work. I planned out so much. I earned every penny that I made from him. So it's not like I was there with a handout and I didn't didn't put in my my efforts. And I made him damn happy every single day. Um, His friends said they never saw him so happy. So it broke my heart to leave him. It was hard. We were a team. I loved him very much. It was a love out of respect. And I respected his intelligence. I respected his way of living. He was the first one to get up and wash the dishes. He was the first one to help. He showed his love through service, acts of service. And it was beautiful. I learned so much from him. I don't doubt, I really don't, I don't, um, I wish I, I, I wish I, I ended it better. I, I didn't do a good job of ending. I just left. I didn't sit down and have a real deep conversation with him because I felt like I tried so many times and he wasn't listening. But maybe he would have on the last time when I was serious about leaving. Anyway, uh, lesson learned there as well. Show some respect and sit down and have a conversation. But um, I was young, and I only had one relationship before that, and I didn't know how to leave appropriately. I didn't know uh, what the right thing was to do there. I wasn't taught. And so we learn by mistake sometimes, and it took me a year of 
serious grief in Napa. I was annihilated for a year straight in Napa because every time I was sober, I'd be crying my eyes out thinking about how much I hurt him. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, point, I guess my last point is do not envy the wealthy. You can strive for affluence, but strive for true wealth. Because money in the bank is nice, and the freedom it buys you to travel around the world and do what you want is wonderful, worth striving for. But where the true wealth comes from is still in your friendships. It's who you're with. It's not what you're wearing or how expensive your purse is. It's not. I'll tell you now, I love shopping at consignment stores where I pay like 6 to $25 and I find the most unique things ever that nobody else has. That's my happy, juicy place now. I'm not spending $480 on a t-shirt. You know, it's like, that to me now is stupid. <laughs> like, what a waste of money. True wealth is from within. It's the wealth of the love in your heart that you can pour out from you and share the love within you, share wisdom, share inspiration, lift other people up. That's where true wealth comes from. So if you're making money and that's your goal, do it with impact. Do it by doing something that has meaning and has influence and is changing people's lives somehow. That's where true wealth comes from. Not by digging in the, in the digging up oil or make your money by making an impact. That's what I stand for. And that's where you'll find true wealth. I'll leave you there. I love you. Well, I hope you found that interesting. (laughs) I certainly enjoyed recording it. Um, I want you to take this moment right now, get out a pen and paper and write down what is important to you. What does happiness really look like, feel like, taste like, smell like? Who are you with? Where are you? What do you want? What do you really want? And what do you want to feel? That's the key. What do you want to feel? And from that list, you can then start to build out your life and what you want to do on a daily basis will become more clear, right? On how you can start serving your purpose, doing something that you love. If you need help with this, this is exactly what I help my clients with, by the way, is getting to that really juicy, fun thing, that one thing that you want to do so good, so bad that you've been stopping yourself from doing that would light you up, that would light the world up, that would make such a big impact and you're just not doing it yet. If this is you, you know you have so much potential, you're just not directing your energy in the right direction, you don't know which direction to pick, please book a call with me and we will go through and identify your limiting beliefs, figure out what your true passions are and align them in service and I will tell you, your life will start getting so easy And you'll feel so excited. You'll be jumping out of bed every single morning to start your day. Thanks for tuning in, my loves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe down below right now so that you get notified of the next episode. You can also leave me a quick review. That would help my rating so much. 
And you can join me on Instagram where I share a lot of health tips on raising your physical well-being at Dr. Nikki underscore talks health. And lastly, you can join my community where I share my favorite mantras and meditations and inspirational quotes that will raise your vibration and expand your consciousness so that you can start manifesting a truly fantastic life starting today. You can do that by texting I want in to 512-488-6013. All of this information will be in the show notes, but just know that I am here for you. I want to hear from you, and I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Sending you so much love. Big hugs.